0: Hello, and welcome to Fortune Cookie, your monthly cookie crackle served on a small tray. Today, it is served briskly by a serving staff member who has no time for niceties. I'm just kidding. You know, it's me, Wendy. Although there's a place in Toronto that I'm thinking of when it comes to cookies on a tray, which is a House of Gourmet is the restaurant, I think, where we often get this one serving staff member who treats confirming your order like a drill sergeant roll call. And it's very stressful, but she always gets your meal right, so can't complain. Welcome to our first episode of 2021! As much as 2020 was you uniquely painful, I actually had been so excited about how nicely 2020 just kind of like rolled off the tongue and now I end up saying 2020 pause one because it's just not as natural and i'm adjusting to the the one it's like how you spend the better part of a year still writing the previous year on applications in bullet journals on covid screening forms at the dentist or something and by the time you've got it ingrained to write the actual year it is time to learn the new year that you're supposed to be writing so On the bright side, this is a uniquely special century because you can get away with that mistake all year. If you accidentally write 20, just take a deep breath and then add 21 at the end and you're still golden. Making mistakes on documents always actually makes me amused at how for some reason, when you graduated from your last place of formal education, what you didn't realize is that you are graduating from being allowed to use white out in a public setting. Sorry, not white out. I should use the non-branded term correction tape. I had correction tape as well as the one that spread kind of like nail polish. And I had that one that came out of a little ballpoint tip pen so that it would give you the most precise of corrections. And you would just like whip them out on your study notes, pass them around to a friend in need, try not to inhale the fumes too much. The smell was very strong. But after you leave school, apparently you're just on your own for filling in airport forms, checks, passport applications, all that kind of stuff. Ironically, I believe correction tape was invented to make life easier for people who worked on typewriters who were mostly working class, full-grown adults, and here I am a few decades later explaining how, as an adult, apparently we're expected to get through life without much correction tape. So please let me know if you even own a form of correction tape now, and if you do, how often do you use it, and finally, can you recall the last time you ever used it? In public. I have just one I think now that clicks to retract which I love because nothing sucked more than buying a new correction tape and then have it make this like mess of little white bits in your pencil case because the tape was exposed. I bought it because the tape part was refillable. I really liked the idea of that and ever since graduation I've never had to have it refilled. (laughs) Anyways, welcome to episode 5 last year I was doing a thing where I like cracked a window open and I read a little letter or a story in this podcast, but I realized what I should have been doing is taking you to the setting of fortune cookies. Screw the window, we should have been going to the restaurant. But speaking of previous episodes, last episode I also sent out an ask or I guess it was a bit more of a plea for some kind of for some kind people to give me feedback on how they thought this podcast was going. Like I wanna know what they like, what they don't like. And I got a few emails, which was incredibly helpful. Thank you so much for the people who did that. If you have thoughts you didn't get to send me yet, you can take them and just shove them into an email to podcast at I am with wendy.com I asked because I'm looking forward to a new year and I want to make this podcast better. I've had maybe a seven to eight out of 10 level of fun making this podcast if I had to. Quantify it, but I want to bump it up to more like an 8 to 9 out of 10. So I'm not a natural writer I don't feel like I'm a natural speaker But at least I want to have fun connecting here with you all since I can't promise Stellar writing or stellar speaking Many of the emails said that you guys like to hear me share stories So I will keep doing that. Although sometimes I also wonder if I'm gonna run out So if I'm gonna be relying on my extensive diary collection to help me out We may we may be in the clear but uh, also if you have a story that you would like me to share with everyone else. I don't mind giving that a try too. I actually grew up with my dad listening to a ton of AM radio. If you're Canadian, you might know about this one show on CBC radio where someone would read stories all the time. He was a very good storyteller and they were never about him. He just took stories and anecdotes, I think that people had written or sent in. And I actually really enjoyed that myself. Weird fun story is that for a period of time, I'm pretty sure my dad was fully relying on listening to CBC AM radio to help him get a bit more natural and fluent with his English. And so there was a time where I mean as a kid, I hope you can understand that listening to AM radio is like super boring because they almost never talk about anything that's like really gripping. It's very gentle, everyday adult type of stuff. And I mean, adult as in grown-up. I don't mean adult as in, like, sexual. And so I would be listening to the radio while we're driving, which was already not an exciting radio choice for me. But on top of that, my dad would repeat after everything they said, just like a quick echo. They would be like, today we're bringing you a story from Saskatchewan. And he'd be like, today we're bringing you a story from Saskatchewan. (laughs) I think I, if it weren't for the fact that he was doing this to really take like personal growth and self-education seriously, I, I definitely would have complained at some point, but thankfully I had the maturity to bite my tongue, even though I, I feel like this was a very far away memory and that I might have been super young. Both my parents actually did make pretty amazing gains in their English speaking and fluency, and I'm very proud of them for that. I remember the first time my mom recorded her own office voicemail greeting and she came home and she seemed very pleased about it and so she was like oh can can we call my office number i just want you guys to listen to the voice message and we listened to her be like hello you've reached the office of so and so um i'm not available right now please leave a message that type of thing and she sounded so great we were so proud of her so yes reading stories. If you have a story you'd like me to share with everyone, I don't mind giving that a try too. Once again, the email is podcast at iamwithwendy.com. It is an email inbox that is open 24-7 for you. All right, today's fortune cookie is find a cure for homesickness. I don't wanna assume that everyone who's listening to this is experiencing homesickness, but I do think it's fair to say that COVID certainly has made it so that global homesickness is at an all time high. Hopefully that is a relatively safe assumption. And so I thought it would be a nice topic to share, especially because it's also been on my mind a ton lately. My own feelings of homesickness have been growing quite a bit over the course of 2020. I last saw my parents and hometown in January. I guess, yeah, literally a year ago. And there's no real date in sight for where I can say for sure that I will see them, or Calgary, which is my hometown. And I think the lack of knowing when that might be adds to the feeling of missing it. And the feelings come and go. Most days it doesn't really cross my mind, but on some random evening, I'll be like curled up in bed crying because I'm so inconsolable about it. It's very sporadic. Sometimes it's even just after I get off the phone with my parents, which seems to not make sense because talking to them is part of reconnecting and enjoying their presence, but somehow seeing them talk and smile and share about their own life is relieving, but also saddening. So from there, I kind of go down like a train of thoughts only sometimes. Although I feel like it's more like a messy web of thoughts. There's no clear sequence to this. I'm so happy for them. I'm concerned for their well-being. Part of me is very curious what they're up to. But then I also grieve that I just really don't know as much as I could know about them, even though they are my parents. Or sometimes you realize maybe it's because they're your parents that you forget to ask all the questions or like really get into the details and what they're up to. So I wish I could know all of their daily details sometimes. And yet I know that that's kind of impractical and also impossible. And so I just live in this tension. On top of that, I also, I know, and I I think it's important to admit, I don't have enough patience for that level of intimacy always. And it's because I'm doing my own life too. And that's why I don't sit there constantly absorbing everything about them, despite thinking that I want to, or I should. And, you know, realizing these types of shortcomings or challenges or tensions is is not always fun. And maybe that's why (laughs) once it all piles on, I could end up crying. Realistically, I do realize it is actually a good outcome that I have a healthy relationship with them, But that I'm living my own life while they live theirs and that my sadness is not necessary, but it is real And those are all things that I can accept So the whole thing can sometimes make me feel very silly and childish as well as making me feel sad that time is passing and we're all getting older Um, So to help me (laughs) kind of work through these feelings or at least like satisfy them to a certain degree. I have been learning to cook my parents' dishes and that has been great. Something about the flavor and the smell, the ingredients are not always readily available, but I've put in a concerted effort to still go to the grocery store and try to get the right things. Both of my parents cook, enjoyed cooking, cooked a lot with us growing up. They often even competed on who was the better cook. (laughs) One memory is that they would make this one dish, which is like a very finely chopped potato that has been cleansed of starch and then stir fried. So it's kind of crunchy, but still super delicious in that potato way. (laughs) And while I was eating it, my mom would be like, so do you like this? potato dish? Or do you like the one that you had last week?" (laughs) I was being put on the spot and I was like, uh, I think this one's better. And she'd be like, ha, I cook it better than you to my dad. So (laughs) they are very passionate. I think maybe um, their love for cooking actually made it so that it took me a lot longer than maybe some people to learn to cook. I really Started figuring it out from scratch once I went to university and since Chinese recipes like many cultures recipes are notorious for not really having good clear Measurements in recipes that are available online in the beginning. I learned to cook a lot of pasta and stir-fry things that were kind of like safe in the way you put the ingredients together and it's only in the last few years, that I've gotten a lot better at cooking Chinese cuisine, food that tastes like home. To be fair, my parents didn't just cook Chinese dishes, they cooked Western dishes too. We still had our fair share of salads, yes, raw vegetables, (laughs) uh, pasta, steak, things like that. So, you know, sometimes I didn't like the flavour of certain Chinese dishes. Um, A weird thing I discovered over time was that sometimes they would even cook some Chinese dishes that I actually wasn't too crazy about the flavor of, but I would just eat it because, you know, it's fine. And then when we were in China, my parents would help out in the kitchen at our family's place and cook it and it would taste completely different to the degree where I realized that they might this whole time have just been cooking it because it reminded them of home even though it didn't taste exactly like what they could get home. Especially with certain vegetables, like where you live in the world, a cucumber could be a completely different thing. Spinach could be a completely different thing. I think cucumbers especially was one where, when I had it in China, I was like, whoa, this hits really different, even though I know it's still a cucumber. So now I appreciate even more of their cooking because I see in it a, a history and a journey too but I get very, very excited when I find Chinese ingredients in my grocery store. I don't live in a particularly super Asian area. I actually think it's quite Portuguese. And so sometimes I'll take the slightly longer trip to visit a Chinese grocery store or even a Korean grocery store usually is like kind of close enough. When I go, I'll try to buy a lot, especially if it's a non-perishable like Chinese five spice and things like that so that I can just have it on hand for any occasion that it calls for. Last year, the Asian aisle at my local grocery store expanded slightly. I was stoked. And even now, every time I go, if I see a new ingredient or something, part of me is like, you should just buy it because this is voting with your money to show them. Us Chinese people are out here and we want more Chinese stuff. The people who run my grocery store who are listening to this podcast, please hear my cries. Uh, But yeah, the dishes I love to make... Dumplings, that's a very classic dish in our family. If it's someone's birthday, if it's a new year, if it's Christmas, if someone has just arrived back home or is heading out of the home, which obviously happens a lot in my context because the only reason I visit is by arriving and leaving. Dumplings, dumplings every time. We mostly stick to one that's got like pork and chives. There's a little bit of chopped dried shrimp in there so good my parents are total dumpling machines watching them make dumplings is like artistry and my dad had the ability to come home from work make the dumplings from scratch and then have it served by dinner time they're so fast yesterday i literally tried to make dumplings by myself i already had the skins pre-made because i bought them pre-cut And I was at it for three hours until I got to eat the first dumpling. So I still got my practice to do. But other dishes that I can make that really help remind me of home are steamed egg, um, smashed cucumber garlic salad, so good. And also there's like this green onion bread that is not flat, but it's got lots of layers. I guess kind of like if a focaccia and the classic Hong Kong fried green onion bread had a baby something in between. A lot of these reflect my parents being from mainland China and I think the more you get into Chinese cuisine you'll notice there's a ton of variety because I mean China is the third largest country in the world physically and for a very long time communities were able to develop without a super robust nationwide setup that you know would make it so that Communication and language and accents and food would blend more and so there's very distinctive pockets So this is kind of my my pocket of china kind of close to south korea. We're like near the water there A funny fact is that just when dan and I started dating I really quickly made up a dating deal breaker in my head Which was whoever I date has to be able to use chopsticks (laughs) And uh, I guess you can judge what you will from that rapid fire decision. But (laughs) I think at the time I thought to myself that chopsticks is a sign of culinary open-mindedness. And I believed that that was very important to compatibility. If I was gonna be with someone for my whole life who was a bit unfamiliar when it came to enjoying Chinese food, you know, Japanese food, Korean food, many Asian cuisines that do or don't use chopsticks i just wanted to know there would be openness because this food is so important to me feeling in touch and at home and at ease and relaxed and like i have roots on this earth so um now i'm also trying to share the chinese recipes that i've been learning with my in-laws which is super nice if you've been feeling homesick I highly suggest investigating ways that you can bring back some flavor of home into your life. Another way I've been tackling homesickness actually is through candles. So I love pine scents, anything that reminds me of like coniferous forests and mountain air or like a fire pit. And that's related to the Calgary and the Rocky Mountains upbringing. So there's a company called Patty Wax. This is not sponsored. I'm just sharing because I really enjoy the scent Patty Wax makes this National Parks series of candles on top of that the wick is the type of wick That's like a thin slice of wood. So it makes this really nice crackling sound when you light it and I will light mine Maybe like once a week, especially in winter. It's a super comforting smell most recently Dan and I actually got a kitten so We have a little cat now and because of her i've refrained from candles for the time being just to kind of keep an eye out for sensitivities and And all that kind of stuff for her. I want the air to be good for her on the flip side of homesickness This kitten is as far as possible as I could go from combating homesickness Like I never had any pets growing up I think at most we had sea monkeys which technically belonged to my brother and mostly stayed in his room, too if you've ever Grown sea monkeys you instantly understand how not pet-like this is. They're literally teeny tiny uh, I don't even think they have a hard shell In do they count as invertebrates? They're just teeny tiny little shrimps squids that are in water and You can like get them from Funky science stores and grow them at home. But anyways, I have friends who had very deep love their furry pets but for some reason myself and my brother we were never really interested in that so we never had a phase where we like begged our parents for one you just we just didn't really think about it. Dan is the one who actually was super excited about getting a kitten and he put in a lot of research and correspondence to find one that would look cute and have like a good temperament so I appreciate that uh, he took the lead on getting us started with something that's so new to me and now we've had her for two weeks and I love her she's so playful she's cute and when she sleeps she like Moves her paws through the air like she's grabbing at it or something. I'm coming to understand the appeal of having a pet, even though previously I could only think of negative things like so much work, so much time, so much cost. Um, I think if I'm really introspective, I don't like getting emotionally attached to things because it means someday I might have to experience the loss of such a thing. There's a degree to which perhaps I was holding this whole thing at an arm's length. It's kind of sad, really, if that's the reason. And if that is true, I'm, I'm working on that. I don't want to hold things at arm's length just because I'm scared of getting hurt. Um, because the reality of life is that it's full of gain and loss to grieve something proves that on the other side of that coin you loved and you cherished something and that's beautiful, that's worth celebrating. And if the celebration of it comes out through grief I think that's very understandable. I feel like that kind of brings us full circle on this whole thing with homesickness uh, Also known as nostalgia and I did look up the definition of nostalgia to make sure I was applying it correctly And one quote I read Surrounded the fact that it's the suffering that comes from thinking of a place to which you cannot return Homesickness really sucks Somewhere in there, I I am grateful that I have things I love, even if they're far away or out of reach. If you're feeling homesick like me, I'd love to know what kinds of things make it easier for you. Honestly, if you have great tips, you should just share them. I'd gladly pass them on to everyone else. And going a little deeper, do you think that you're homesick for a real place? Or a place that you've kind of put together in your mind? If you guys like this episode, please subscribe. Give us a five star rating. Tell us why you liked it. If you don't like this episode, send me an email. <laughs> if you want to be reminded of when there are future episodes, or you want to see what others think, or you want to DM us, you can follow us on Instagram. We are fortune cookie with Wendy fortune cookie with wendy we've got a new episode every month and a bonus episode on my website so you can just go to withwendy.com, click on darlings you'll find out about all the secret content and how uh and how it's a subscription and it supports the with wendy team and that we will love you and deeply appreciate you if you do that but if you don't, thank you so much for listening. All our previous episodes are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as my website with Wendy.com. And Fortune Cookie with Wendy is edited and produced with assistance from Michelle Choi. Thank you also to MusicBed for providing all of our music. And thank you for being here and opening up with us. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye bye. <laughs>